The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 245 Recap. It's late, so let's get it. Savages, this is the Protecting Neck Podcast, and I am your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is work you can find over at MMAJunkie.com. And in this year's program, the Protecting Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. As it is after the fight, this is a special recap show, which we're going to be doing more of, especially as we branch over into YouTube into 2020. But since you guys voted, albeit, you know, whatever it was, what was it, like 61 to 39, it still was a winning vote. Apparently, you guys wanted to hear my voice for whatever reason. Um, as I voted, yes, please, 61% of you to fuck off, 39% of you. And I do feel like I was fair with the fuck off, nor do I blame any of you guys for voting that. I don't take that personally, by the way. Again, like I said on the last podcast, I actually hate like a 90 percentile of these. And pretty much 99 percentile hate my face, my voice, and everything else. So, again, folks... No hate there, but I am going to go ahead and do you the service that the majority of you who won the vote. And, uh, you know, because, again, voting uh, is a part of politics, and politics is apparently uh, big, the big talking point taking over my timeline, which is ironic because the things we should be giving credit to, hence kind of what I was talking about at this show, and hence the name of what we apparently cover and follow, which is MMA, Mixed Martial Arts. I feel like secondary is human beings. Human beings participate in martial arts. Human beings make for great story. Human triumph, which we'll get to, whether it's Usman or others on this court, or human adversities, right? And uh, But because politics apparently hasn't taken over our world enough, hasn't inundated it enough with the way technology already inundates us, we... We got to go ahead and uh, have that overtake. I'm going to try not to get hung up on this, folks. We're going to go from top to bottom. going to try not to, to rant or rave on anything like I did with the breakdown as, as far as uh, recapping and unpacking the main event, which will work our way down from there. But I do want to bring up some what I believe are fair points and try to notate them here so, again, I don't go off on any said rants. Just because, again, I, I feel like, A, it's, it's, it's my job, but it's actually this podcast to talk about more the technical side and giving people credit where credit's due. And again, I always state I'm not trying to claim that I'm I'm right. I never try to sway you even when I'm confident enough to bet. I'm honest about said bets, but still give the caveat and honesty to my imperviousness, telling you, warning you, if you will, to not jump off the cliff. Yet people still have a problem with that as at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do is, again, not sway you. But provide information, not just empty claims as I actually provide examples, which seems to not get through. Like I said in the last podcast, people still not seem to get or appreciate that. Um, provide examples as opposed to empty claims. Uh, and, and so that's what I'm going to attempt to do here as far as the recap. Because according to my timeline, it's just, you know, victory laps and politics, which victory laps... I'm not a politics guy, so I'm terrible to weigh in on that, folks. God forbid. I'm trying to stick to martial arts. God forbid. Uh, but as far as victory laps, I, I, I get that. It's human nature. Um, we all have that. Um, 
even though I have a problem with a lot of the hypocrisy and hypocritical nature on both sides of things in the world and in regards to what we're about to talk about, I would be a liar and a fool and disingenuous if I said I was not victim of said hypocrisies as well as many other hypocrisies because I am, folks. Guess what? Newsflash. Just like I've admitted on many other podcasts, I, I am not perfect myself and must reel myself in as well. But there is definitely just a lot of victory laps, which is fine. That's totally cool, in fact. But unfortunately, the content is just mainly focused on politics, not focused on martial arts, not focused on personal stories, much less the personal stories and triumphs of said martial artists like Usman, the guy who apparently y'all slash the majority of y'all are supporting, picked to win, and are happy to win as you should be happy for him. But again... The hypocrisy here is that by focusing on politics, you're not hurting my feelings, by the way. If anything, you could accuse me of being sore for like betting on Covington, which I did. And even though I'm going to present to you what I believe to be a fair case, I will admit that, yeah, yeah, I did bet and lose money. I did pick him. But aside from that, um, I bet on fighters like every card, folks. I pick fighters every card. Like if I didn't get to get over it by now, um... After five years of officially doing it, first of all, I wouldn't have gotten to a point where I can officially do it if I took this stuff personal, A. B, I've gotten to that point and have been at said point for about five years now. So I, I don't think that's getting in the way here, especially C, whether it's a breakdown or a recap. Again, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not saying it's the ultimatum. It's right. But I always do provide evidence, facts, statistics, and correlative examples to said claims, therefore making them at least educated claims, not right claims, but educated and not empty claims. Um, and it sucks because I'm just seeing more tromping on Kobe's grave, which is cool. I have no sympathy for him. I'm not saying you should have sympathy for him. In fact, if you want to put a gun in my head and get an answer, even though that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't think you should have sympathy for him. That's not what I'm talking about here. The unfortunate part about going carte blanche and going just, you know, this is my time to let my political flags fly and let everybody know how, how woke I am. Um, you're not giving credit to the guy you've apparently been supposedly been given credit to because Usman just not just won a fight that was much more competitive than the odds and pretty much everybody. And I'm not coming at my listeners, especially listening to this podcast. First, I don't know why you're listening. Second, I'm appreciative. Third, for what it's worth, y'all are smart because you're trying to pick and choose. You're, you're at least, okay, this guy's crazy, but I'm going to listen to at least these little nuggets, and I appreciate that. Y'all are smart people. Um, so I'm not coming at you by this, but I'm just talking about the general you, so understand that. I'm not going to be one of those people that ear beat their audience. Um, but, like, it just, I just found it ironic. Like, it was, it was weird, you know, just, I mean, not weird. I get it. I could see it coming. It's just sad, I guess I should say, because, again, Usman beats a, a, a guy in a fight that was way more competitive than the odds and people gave him credit for. And not only that, whether it was people not giving Covington credit, because there was a lot of that. Like, even, you know, um, my dessert analysis that I often talk about after my takes are in and I deliver the podcast to you guys, especially if I go, I'm going to the counter to make some bets, right? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna make some jumps to, you know, some references I trust and people I respect, and um, I still trust and respect same set people. But just one comment that I guess I noticed, and I don't know if 
it was, I don't think it was intentional, no, first of all, but I'm just not sure if people noticed it, but just the, the analysis out there was so biased. Everybody was comparing this fight from a perspective of what Usman does great and how that compared to Covington. And that was just confirmation bias 101 because although there were plenty of facts to support said arguments, hence why even I said someone who picked Covington, that Usman is the deserved favorite, here's why the argument is not just can be made for him, but can easily be made for him. I never denied that. The problem was people weren't looking at the other side of that coin, and you didn't have to take it seriously. You didn't have to pick him, and you didn't have to do anything between but it would be nice to at least just have the other side of the coin acknowledge, which most of us do for the most part. Whether you like our breakdowns, whether we're quote-unquote good, whether we're quote-unquote consistent, notable, whatever. For the general part, whether you're a novice or whatever the fucking expert means, I think generally you do a good job at breaking down both sides. But with politics being so heated in our world, and if you're listening outside of the United States... I apologize if this doesn't translate very well. Although I know like other places, like for example, especially in England right now, are going through some heavy political swings. So you certainly can relate in your own right. But politics are such an overtaking theme mixed with technology and inundation. It's just super divisive. And it sucks because it takes away from a fight, which was my argument. My argument wasn't, listen to me, here's how Kobe could win. My argument was like, why why can't we just look at the fight as a fight? Like, I, I'm not saying forgive Colby. I'm not saying agree. I'm not saying like him. Go ahead, dislike him, disagree, all that. But if we're going to talk about a fight reasonably, you know, can we acknowledge both sides? And it drives me crazy. And, Dan, you're, you're beating that narrative. Fine, we get it. You're consistent. But that doesn't mean I agree with you. You're still annoying. That's fine. You don't have to agree with me. And you can say that I'm annoying. But, again, back to throwing up the mayor to the Usman um, supporters. And again, just because I didn't pick against him doesn't mean I, I don't support him on any kind of level. He is a, a fucking amazing dude. Um, single daddies to daughters have a super soft spot in my heart, and I fucking root for the hell out of guys like that. Um, again, but for you, but, but when I say you so-called Usman supporters, for people just going around with the torches and the mobs showing, you know, how woke you are and burning any, anybody and who, who wasn't exactly on your side... Um, because again, it's funny. I, I got I got it from Usman fans, and I even got it from Covington fans tonight for saying like giving credit to Usman. Then I had Covington fans in my mention going, "You letting pull, like, I had Covington fans going at me, accusing me of all people that I had a dude saying pol politics was it, sad to call yourself an analyst, bro. As you let politics um, influence you, you can't give Covington credit. Like someone said that to me of all people. I'm like, dude, I pick Covington. This time and multiple times and have made legitimate arguments for him at the cost of popularity. And I have said multiple times that I hate politics. Like, I am the most anti-politic person, as you can tell by listeners of this podcast. So I was just laughing. I'm like, dude, you couldn't have, like, literally picked, like, more of a wrong tree to bark up of. Um, and, uh, but what's, what's especially annoying, again, is not just the, the, the torches of people that were apparently, you know, supporting Usman, but the guy you were supporting, the guy we should be celebrating and not talking about this MAGA bullshit politics, the guy we should be celebrating, which is Usman, what was the message he was supporting after the fight and even before the fight was unity. You know, he, Usman had the most, even though, you know, 
uh, I accused him with, uh, uh, you know, accused him like as in like pointing the finger and looking down. But as again, back to, I'm just trying to provide you guys points that other people aren't talking about. And I'm not trying to provide you points to be woo woo or contrarian, even though I'm an admitted contrarian. I'm actually placing facts behind these. I know a lot of people had problems, even though I cited facts from the beginning of Usman's career in the Hassan fight. Um, the Meek fight, which was in 2018, even though some guy came up on Twitter yelling at me saying, that was from years ago, bro. Years in all caps ago. That was from 2018. And then, of course, the relevant scuffles from the buffet line to an analyst on the job spot. Um, those were legitimate things. But that aside, Usman still preached unity, and he actually had the most, uh, he had the most intelligent take. While y'all were out there just blindly going, oh, Kobe sucks, MAGA sucks, and da-da-da-da, which... The MAGA sucks is fine. That's your political view. I could care less about that. But my more issue is like, if you're gonna start talking about fights, let's 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 leave the politics. You know, not leave it out, but not let them. You can put them in. Put the politics in. Fine. I'm not trying to tell you what the fuck to do. But if you're gonna talk about fights as someone who prides about that, it's like let's let whether it's online, you're tweeting at somebody, or whatever. Like let's. Let's not let the politics blind you so much where you're you're saying the sky is red when it is in fact blue. And the fact is we're all out there focusing on this MAGA and politics stuff while really maybe we should be focusing on what Usman was saying because he had the most intelligent take of all while everybody's blindly hating. What was Usman saying? Unity is important and when you do things like you go hard one direction or the other like Colby was doing, it creates a divisive. Uh, divisiveness and divides people and Usman was so right that being said folks just like I say my breakdowns because god forbid I try to relate this back to martial arts everything is a two-way street there's no biological free ride to quote Tim Ferriss and as I say in my breakdowns everything is a two-way street this guy's good at offensive pressure he specializes that but guess what folks offensive pressure and volume is a two-way street um, which Colby Covington found out by getting tagged right in the fifth round Oh my God, we're actually talking about techniques finally. I know. I'm getting caught up in two. See, I'm no different, folks. Um, it, 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 always, it, it always catches up with you. It's a two-way street. And uh, so, is, so, is, so is the divisiveness Kamaru was talking about. And tomorrow's to Kamaru's credit, him of all people, this is what I hate. I hate when fans get more mad when the fighters are, you know? Like, that's kind of like a good barometer for a bad stoppage or bad sportsmanship. Like, okay, let's look at who the fighter that's the quote-unquote victim in this scenario and, and controversy in question, right? Let's look at that fighter's um, reaction to it. And if they're not mad, then we probably shouldn't be mad, okay? If they're not contesting the stoppage, then we probably shouldn't be contesting the stoppage. And Usman, if anybody had a right to be mad at Colby Shtick... It's Usman, because not only is he the guy that has to fight him, but obviously without getting in the politicalness of it, like where he comes from. Like Usman is arguably, you know, one of the most proudest Americans that fought on this card when you look at what his family, his father, and all these things that he had to go through, okay? Um, he is arguably one of the proudest Americans that was on this card. Uh, so for that reason, he has the reason to be more mad than any... And, and, and again, I'm not trying to pick on people. Uh, again, I'm more left leaning. I'm the people that the people that are getting upset, the quote unquote woke, you know, the wokeness that I I'm jokingly poking at. Like, dude, these are people that I like. These are people that I respect. And again, 
these are things that if you put a gun in my head, I'm politically aligning with these people. It's not these people. It's not y'all, my friends. I love y'all. It's not your sides. It's not even your messages, so to speak. It's the fact that that message is just overwhelmingly blinding all else, including the guy you're supposed to be supporting. And even more importantly than all slash both of those things, it's overshadowing the bigger message here, which was, again, beautifully depicted by the guy. Again, y'all are supposed to be the supporting, which is unity. But no, let's go ahead and instead of like celebrating our victory and taking the high road like Usman did, the guy, again, Usman, the guy who has, and I'm not saying Usman's not taking his shots or saying this or that. He, he is, and he has every fucking right to. But that doesn't mean Usman is not taking the high road. And Usman is absolutely taking the high road here. And he absolutely, more than you, more than anybody, has room to, has reason to be fucking mad. But what did Usman do? He took the fucking high road. He acknowledged that it was a tough fight, that Colby Covington was tough. God forbid. I know that's blasphemy to y'all. I'm, I, I, I'm getting, you know... I'm going to get labeled as probably like a racist and a Covington defender or whatever to further your political narrative. Because again, your world, my world, our world, technology itself is not inundating politics enough. We definitely don't have enough of that in our lives. And it's certainly making our lives so much more positive, folks. Let's go ahead and inundate that more. Please, thank you. Can you fucking read between the lines here? Again, not mad at y'all for doing it, but just understand here. Look in the mirror. Understand. And look at the guy that you're supposed to be supporting and see that he's taking the high road because it was a lesson for me personally. I need to remind myself of that even though I will say for all my imperfections, which God, there are many, and you know there are many of you listen to this podcast, I will say one thing I am pretty good about is not really taking those big tree laps. Whether it's impressive KO, I like the person who got the KO and I cashed the bet and that may have happened tonight. What do I always do, folks? Go check my timeline right now. I'm not being hypocritical about it. I wish and genuinely hope the other person's okay. Because again, folks, God forbid, you don't have to always be 100% on one side. You can still pick, like, have your proclivities. Be you. I'm not saying that. Be you and be proud. But does that mean you have to punch down, condemn, and not say the sky's red when it is blue, whether you like it or not? No, don't be that person. Even when you can be, even when you deserve to be, and even when it's very tempting. Look at Usman. Usman took the fucking high road. And man, did that make me an even bigger fan of him for doing that. Preaching, you know, not to get, you know, there's enough separation. And if you go ahead and keep on this narrative, even though your guy won, even though you won from moral bet, whatever, all the above, if that's not enough for you, that's a bad sign personally. And it doesn't help the message that your guy is trying to spread, which is unity. And yeah, and I'll just, and I'll just leave that part at that instead. We, cause instead we should be focusing on that performance, whether you picked Usman to win or uh, uh, blindly or you were like me and you were actually giving Covington a legitimate chance slash picking him and God forbid trying to break down this fight unbiasedly. Usman just won a fight. He wasn't supposed to win. Uh, as far as if it was down to striking volume and no takedowns, you know, even, even Covington detractors were like he's got the volume edge and Usman's power, technique, composure, cardio, intelligence, 
came through, and I'm very excited to rewatch it. Um, and even though I'm saying take the high road and this and that, um, that doesn't mean I'm excusing Covington because the same reason why I'm saying why taking one side promotes bad behavior is the same reason why, for those of you are going to accuse me of defending Covington, I will say that I'm not defending him at all. In fact, just the one thing before we move on here, I wanted to point out, I forgot to say from last podcast, is I'm even though I don't take it seriously, I don't get as offended that, uh, as Covington, I can still break him down. That doesn't mean I don't see the damage of what his quote-unquote shtick can do. I mean, look at Bryce Mitchell, again, who outperformed, did really well. I'm not trying to hate on the guy. But what did he do on the mic? He went and he was, oh, he went on that MAGA thing, saying, I'll beat you people up, Trump, and this and that. Um, it's because, again, because I'm not defending Colby here, it's because when people, and, and because I see your point as far as what that behavior can do as a negative, in, you know, um, it, it encourages other guys to start doing it, and we're already seeing it. So when you're talking about Colby, whether you like him or not, if you focus on that, you are just like by clicking on McGregor articles, you are inherently encouraging the media cycles, encouraging the cycle of quote unquote life within the symbiotic life of MMA to continue to pay attention to that and give credit to that which you supposedly hate. And even further, rounding back to the Usman and two way street thing, if instead of taking the higher road and giving credit to actually Usman's technique and which and him as a fighter, which we should be focusing and praising him for, if instead we just blanket it to just kind of keep promoting this political narrative and granted you're on the winning side of it and your guys on the winning side of it and that's all great guess what at the end of the day you're doing you are still further promoting politics in our sport and promoting this back and forth narrative of one side or the other when we really should just be looking at fighters and we really don't need any more of this politic bullshit um, in our lives regardless of which side you're on I would hope we can agree on that because I don't really see any of a positive for it am I saying politics aren't important am I saying you shouldn't be informed of course not they're very important you should be informed I should be more informed and I admittedly am bad at that but god damn it can we just like god forbid say the sky is blue once in a while does it have to be whatever narrative what fits you all the time can we give can we look at things unbiasedly folks How even, even Al Jermaine Sterling I don't know his political beliefs, but if we're playing the stereotype game, I'm guessing he's going to side with more with Usman than Covington. And he, even he said, yes, Usman was probably going to win that round. Yes, Usman was probably going to win anyways. Yes, I had Usman winning up till that point, but it was still a, it was still a bad stoppage or questionable stoppage, however he wanted to put it. Um, it was definitely a questionable stoppage. I'll let you decide on whether it was bad. That's a definitely much more stronger and interpretable verbiage, but you know he was he was re wrestling for a signal uh, a single. Now if he stayed there for a long period of time, then that's not intelligent defense, a la um, Faber Barrow. But it was a much more pliable re wrestle position. Nor were they there for even that long. And even though the last two calls again, I didn't rewatch, folks. The last two calls were absolutely correct as far as. Um, it wasn't a, it was a punch that hurt Colby. It wasn't an eye poke. So Mark Goddard shouldn't give Colby a proper rest for that. I agree with that. And the second to last call was a low blow on Colby to Usman. And that was clear as day in the, in the, uh, replay have no issue with that. But regardless of whether they happen or not, there were two prior, at least two prior, um, eye pokes 
that would have gotten 99% of refs to stop it. Now, I agree with Goddard, and I think that most refs get conned into the eye poke. So I'm not even disagreeing with Rob with Goddard for not stopping it. But you can't. But it does. You can't say that, it, that that there's not biased optics there when the fact that Goddard did not fucking budge for Covington three times on potential fouls, but went right in the first time Usman gets fouled and went right in to stop the fight. The uh, not the first, but the second because he got dropped uh, twice within like 30 seconds. So there is that toward the argument of it stopping, but. Regardless, kind of that first splurge of him really getting hurt hurt in that fifth round, right when he goes down, pretty much stopping it right there. You, that you can't deny. Whether you want to agree with it, it's a different story, but you can't deny that those are biased optics. Whether or not they were legitimate calls, again, offhand, I already agree 100% with at least half the calls. I'm not even questioning that. What I'm saying is it's a bias and bad look. And what do I always say? Refs always overcorrect the steering wheel. Anytime they make a bad call, they try to recorrect it, and it's really bad. Usually that my examples that of that exist within one fight slash within card. They generally don't carry over, but perhaps they can. What was Goddard, you know, and I'm not coming at Goddard. Uh, I know the way he comes off and conducts himself is going to draw ire and criticism and does already in general. I actually don't mind the way he conducts himself. That said, he's made a, a decent amount of, of poor calls, and I, although I try not to harp on that, like I said, I try to actively give refs more credit, as I did tonight with the dude Jason Herzog out there, who always does a great job, in my opinion. Ref for the year, in my opinion. Um, I, I will call them out when they, when they, when they, when they do bad and even Anik who is super professional called Goddard out for this when he refed Usman's last fight you know accusing Usman of not working when he was you know steaming Woodley that whole time and just not giving any credit to wrestling at all right and it's okay some of the best another ref I credit Keith Peterson he did that a bit he had a bit of an early stand-up that I think we all agree on in that Nunez Duranemi fight but again Proving my overcorrecting theory, even amongst the best whom I give credit to, what did Keith Peterson do? Even some of those where it could have been a stand-up, even someone like myself who was betting and picking Nunez as I raised my hand here that you can't see on microphone, um, even myself was going, wow, these, now it's going a bit long because I think Keith caught himself and he overcorrected the steering wheel now. Goddard was called out and had some controversy with Anik for it amongst the normal controversy he typically draws from others for not treating Usman the fair uh, fairly and questioning what was a very dominant performance by Usman against Woodley. Kind of not surprising he would overcorrect that. Now you just factor in the whole boy who cried wolf theory, the fact that you got Covington who is drawing no sympathy. And again, I'm not saying you should. I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying the official should. In fact, my second theory of this fight before I move on actually fits that. So in no way am I trying to tell you to be sympathetic toward Covington or anything like that. But again, let's be real here. Let's, here, let's factor that boy who cried wolf on top of a, prop, a possible overcorrection. And yes, that is why it's not just my flip of the hip, winging my gun, slinging my gun from the hip opinion, folks. There are actually are facts and theories that back what I said was a bad... I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not even saying that I disagree. In fact, again, I already said I 100% I agree with at least half without even rewatching. I'm just saying it is bad slash inconsistent at the very least optics by Goddard's call 
of this fight. And again, kind of like I always use the Gedelia and Jacek thing. Officials and judges are biased. And I tweeted this out with, um, who was it that was being uh, show buddy, Bodhi as I uh, pull up uh, things here? Was it not Jeff Neal, not Mar uh, Peter? Peter Yan? Um, I forget someone was like kind of, uh, or maybe Brandon Moreno. Yeah, it was, I think it was Brandon Moreno. They're saying, oh, he's kind of showboating here, this or that. And, uh, even though the commentary, that was another thing too. People were being so decisive, which for one, it's MMA people. How are you? People were so mad. Again, even people that were like, come on, I was the best, da, 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 But I don't know about 50, 45. I think, I think, uh, you know, uh, Covington had, had an argument, or you know, or I think Covington had an argument for for you know three to one, or I don't know about fifty forty five. I think Max had an argument, and people were like vehemently like, "No, no, you're stupid." Whether it was me or like someone was calling out my dude Keith Schillen for like giving Kobe three to one. Like dude, again, your guy won. Like, is that not enough? Do we have to like go and call this guy red? You can't give him credit for any rounds either. In fact, you got to go call out some dude who's actually educatedly, and I actually agree giving him rounds. Even though I actually technically had it two to two, I'm just saying I could see arguments of it three going three to one either way, and it wouldn't have mattered with the scorecards. Again, it wouldn't have mattered. Just like Aljo, again, just like Aljo, even God forbid came to defense, it wouldn't have mattered. Sure, but let's at least call a spade a spade here, folks. Um, and that's really annoying because you're just again you're not doing your guy, you're not doing your cause uh, or yourself any justice by by calling the sky red when it's blue. Um. Yeah, sorry for that. Sorry for that uh, long, 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 uh, long rant here. But yeah, that's just the fact. Uh, with the uh, you know, ju judges are human with the with the rounds. Like if it's a close round, even though I didn't feel like it was a close round, like I was back to what I was saying with Moreno and Kaikara France. If you're in a hypothetically close round and you're showboating, I feel like judges. Uh, and again, I totally have that bias. That being said, I feel like I stop that bias when I'm breaking down fights and even though I don't want to judge I feel like I would stop that bias if I were to judge but they're human at the end of the day just like I and you are uh, folks and if it's a close round you see some guy being cocky maybe you're just like I'm gonna give that guy the round and that goes again that goes for refing too we've seen it with Big Dan again most of his things are under question or a lot of times with quote unquote cocky fighters you know loud personalities and you're, you have a right to your opinion on that, folks. Even even the people that I'm hypothetically arguing with on this podcast. But when you're official, all that shit goes out the window. You have to do your fucking job in there. Because your job relies on safety, fighter safety in there. Um, and you can't let that shit get in the way. And uh, so, am I surprised that Colby Covington <laughs> would get a fair shake from judges or refs? Nope, I'm not surprised. Nor I'm not saying you should be sympathetic, but... There is something to it, though, at the same time, I guess is what I'm saying. Alexander Volkanovsky defeated Max Holloway. I'm going to blow the rest of these. Sorry, folks. I just hopefully like, uh, again, let me cheers and remind you we're on the same team here as I crack a Coke again. This is a nice little Just remind ourselves we're on the same team here, folks. I love you guys. I love you all. Please. Let's not get, um, let's not get heated. Hopefully I didn't. Uh, you know me, I'm always passionate for Character slash podcast try to make it entertaining, but they're there. I, I tried to keep some valuable nuggets in there for what it's worth. Volkanovski defeated Max Holloway again. I had it 48 47. Uh, Volkanovski, I still had him winning. I just gave Max the last two rounds, but people like had a, a big issue apparently 
with a, a 48-47 or even some people were saying like it was clear that it was, you know, and other people I talked to and there's there some really reasonable people on Twitter because, again, I don't mind going back and forth with people in a reasonable way. And thankfully, shouts to y'all. There were some very reasonable people who were like, OK, I'll backstep a little bit. I see your point. OK, but that being said, there still was a, a decent amount of people who were like clear 50-45 Volkanovski. I was like, what? Really? And then people are like, well, leg kicks or this or that. I'm like, no, I'm with you. Like, I'm a big leg kick fan. I'm a big countering fan, folks. It's not that I'm not. It's just that, again, an argument that I've consistently, or a theory that I've consistently pitched on this podcast, and I argue that we would have seen it over time, is that judges, especially in MMA, don't reward uh, counter fighters much, much less leg kicks, right? That's a classic trope. Um, and what do they reward even if guys are missing like Diego Sanchez? Aggression, center control, and Holloway had that. And also from educated eyes, I just felt that he edged it being the more effective fighter. I felt like the momentum was on his side. Volkanovski was definitely having to kind of keep his gears and uh, together and, and put himself in check. Uh, and he composed himself well. He did, obviously. He won. <laughs> no argument here, but that doesn't change the fact that there was... There was some gear shifting, and it was not as smooth, and it was not as offensive, certainly, as Holloway. So, um, and even if you don't, you know, um, agree with me on the pinpoint details, you can't deny that center control and volume hasn't been enough to traditionally win rounds with MMA judges for the last 10 years. And you can't possibly argue that even if you were a 50-45, quote-unquote, clear Volkanovsky, that... We've seen crazier things in MMA than 48-47 Volkanovski were. Again, God forbid your guy still wins in the scenario. God forbid you give any ground and acknowledge that the sky is fucking blue. Because that's not impossible. That's not possible these days. Everything has to be red team versus blue team, right? Amanda Nunez defeated Jermaine Durandamy. Uh, happy for Volkanovski and City Kickboxing, by the way. God damn. Two champs for City Kickboxing. Um, I lost the two leg. I ended up pulling uh, the trigger on Holloway Nunez. So Nunez comes through. She defeats Jermaine Duran and me. But uh, if you're going to lose a bet, uh, I, I would lose it to a, a fucking good, again, just because you pick against a guy doesn't mean you don't like him slash can't acknowledge how good of a dude he is. And just like Usman, uh, Volkanovski is a really fucking good dude, man. He really comes off that way. And I really dig him. Another, another family man. Um, yeah. I know, crazy folks. I know we're supposed to be one team or the other because that, you know, that's how educated, productive, and, and you know, um, caring human beings act. Manning defeats Jermaine Durand to me, unanimous decision. Unanimous decision. Um, not trying to make this a negative rag, but <laughs> again, God forbid you give fighters credit. Like I think I said, like Nunez showed another level to her cardio because. Yeah, she went five rounds twice before, but it was at slow paces and or she was super in the driver's seat, whereas Durand and me, at least any time they were standing, proved legitimate threats and naturally raised the temperature of the fight because of set threats. And Nunez, though, looking like she would tire and traditionally did tire because the big theory was, okay, maybe she fixed her quote-unquote gassing, but she's going for a lot less takedowns these days. Could that be the correlation there? We've seen that, right? Wrestling tires you out, and she had the wrestling tested. She had to go to it and still didn't tire her out. So for that, um, give her respect. Again, we already went over the Keith Peterson stand-ups there as far as 
uh, for you know again you don't got to agree but you can't say that there's not something to uh, overcorrect in the steering wheel especially when it comes to referees and I don't blame them it's a fucking hard and thankless job um, but Keith Peterson ended up um, doing a great job like he normally does he let the fight play out um, and involved himself much less down the stretch uh, and you didn't even know that Jason Herzog was in the Volkanovski Holloway fight. He allowed those guys to put on a fucking classic. So I hope to see that rematch, by the way, Vulcan Holloway sometime down the road. doesn't have to be immediate. Uh, I'm with um, Alex Scafetti online saying that, like, would love to see Holloway take a break. I'm totally with that, Alex, totally with that. Marlon Marais defeats Jose Aldo via split decision. I had this for Aldo 29-28, giving Aldo the last two rounds. But the third round was fairly tight and fairly close. Um, again, inconsistent judges. We Sometimes they judge aggression, but then they actually gave it to the countering um, the countering uh, uh, fighter, at least the fighter on the back foot, which was Marais. Uh, Aldo looked way better, way energetic, way more focused um, than I expected in many. So... Credit to him there. It's just sad to see him lose, and you would think that maybe it's a good thing, though. Even though that he won the fight, it's probably still a good thing because maybe that means he just this was a one-off. He goes back up to 45 or 55 even. But then we got Dana White out here saying he could be next in the title, skipping guys like Sterling Urian, which makes no sense. Speaking of Peter Yan, he defeated Uriah Favor via third-round KO. Um, I did end up throwing like five bucks just for fun on favor because it got up to plus 450, like I said I would, but uh, I do stick to it that it was, you know, wider than I thought it would be. However, I did pick Yon, and I did pick Yon by second round KO slash the doctor's probably going to have to stop it or the corner stop it between round two and three. In my defense, it could have gone there, you know, if the ref interpreted that foul and then, you know, treated him like I got or treated Covington and let fucking, uh, let let favor try to stay afloat with Peter Yan and full uh, during full tide, um, high tide. That would have been probably done in round two, and uh, at least would have allowed Yan to do enough damage to really force the corner to take a look at him, like I predicted. But it really didn't take much. About thirty seconds or so, forty three seconds or so into the third round, um, where Yan kicked him in the head and gave him even more damage. Sadly for favor, uh, good on Yan. Really excited to see him. Going forward, um, this fight I was uh, also wrong about in the sense of uh, right about the pick. But uh, I thought it would be more of a competitive fight. But no, Jeff Jeff Neal, Steam, Mike Perry, first round TKO, minute 30 into the fight. Uh, I didn't say it much in the breakdown, so I don't want to say it now. Because again, not only am I not a victory lap person, but I hate... And I saw some of this tonight, and I'm not even going to get into it because it's not worth it. And again... I genuinely do have a respect and love for anybody. I'm not trying to call people out to be that guy. But I just also hate seeing when people like call out prediction people, then make a prediction, but then the prediction goes wrong, and then they go, I, I told you so. Like First of all, you know Dan Tom hates I told you soers. I, I hate them almost as much as right lane riders. So if you're going to do an I told you so in a victory lap, that's fine, but make sure you make sure you call the fight right because even myself, when I give caveats, um, I, I mean, when I say certain things, I'm always making sure to give the caveat, the self-deprecating and honest caveat attached to it. Not saying you or anybody else has to. That's just how I operate, folks. And uh, so I'm not going to take. So with that note, I'm definitely not going to take credit or anything like that. But because uh, I forgot to say it. But 
even though I was saying the body shots for Perry, I actually saw the head kicks being something for uh, for Jeff Neal when I went back to watch his fights for Southpaws against Danny Roberts and um, Joe Ban. Um, and sure enough, it, it showed there. But again, I'm definitely not trying to bump my chest on that. Even I even picked Neal to, to beat Perry. But again, I, I, I wasn't super confident, and I'm not going to do a revisionist history to, to make myself look better. Um, but that just was a thought I wanted to get out because I forgot to get it out in the first time. Irene Aldana defeated Ketlin Vieta via first-round KO. Um, yeah, this was awesome. Again, I, I think this one proved me. This one aged pretty well as far as me preaching warning. I uh, picked Vieta, but again, it was an avoid list, was rooting for Aldana. I didn't end up playing Aldana. I did play the over, like I said, even though it was technically on the avoid list, and I paid dearly for that over. Um, I could have swore gotten to the second round. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know, I was at I, I was at the peak of my uh, two-and-a-half drink buzz for the fight card. Um, I don't know. Um but yeah, I, I could have swore it was round two. Um, either way, neither one would have made the over, which was two and a half. Either way, like I said, I, I am happy to be wrong on that one because I am a big fan of Arine Aldana. <laughs> All right, Dan, don't be creepy. It's just a name. Armari Ahmedov, Dirk Dirk, John, defeated Ian Heinish via unanimous decision. This was a this was a pretty spot on call. And again, I'm, 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 apologies I was focusing too much on the negative there. There's a bunch of positive people again out there, even people that I disagree with, which I kind of cited. And then uh, I, I love that because it shows that we don't have to agree and we can still respectfully uh, communicate or just people just straight up being nice, like uh, a gentleman that I gave a shout out on last episode, Magic M, who uh, gave me props on this one in the Moreno uh, dog pick, which I don't know if saved my ass because if I'm being honest, I actually, uh, shit. I went a little, I did my math a little too off and uh, my hedge didn't go through. So yeah, I, I lost, I only made back half of what I bet. So I, I, it was a losing night for me, but I do appreciate the uh, the compliments on the right pick. So hopefully you guys did well with it. Much better than, again, picking an analysis, betting and picking an analysis are different things, folks, which is why I, I give the disclaimer off the top and uh, pride myself on my analysis and I very readily admit I am not the best uh, better out there, which is why I haven't, nor will I be uh, be selling picks. Not hating on it if you do, folks. Just saying that that's, that's why I don't. There are two different things. Uh, but thank you. I appreciate it when I do get these right. Uh, and Ock Madoff did show that because, again, I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at any of you guys. I'm just saying the only reason why I know Ock Madoff or not know but – had a had a solid inkling um, he would do okay in this matchup because again, I myself have made the mistake of overlooking him and judging him on past fights too harshly, not realizing the context and time that has happened since those fights. So, Akhmedov takes it away there. Matt Brown defeated Ben Saunders after shucking off a quick, uh, not so quick actually scare from a triangle catch position. Um, tough to see Killer B go down again, but. They're listing it as a KO. It was actually less devastating than most all the KOs he's gotten, thankfully. Because it was an accumulation ground and pound, but not hard to predict. I mean, if Patrick Cote was, you know, knocking out Ben Saunders almost five years ago now with ground and pound, then what was Matt Brown going to do, right? Um, sad for Ben Saunders, happy for Brown. Uh, you don't need me to say what to suggest for Saunders next, but 
I assume Brown's going to keep going forward. So I guess I'll just say I hope he gets matched up um, accordingly. Uh, Ash Ketchum. <laughs> I mean, sorry. Chase Hooper defeated Daniel Timor via first-round TKO. Uh, pretty much everybody called this one. I Again, I, I can't take credit for this call. I wasn't confident in it for one, so I can't take credit for it. Which I feel like is kind of a general rule. Back to that whole victory lap thing. But also for two, everybody kind of had this read, right? I mean, because we've seen Daniel T. Moore do it before where he just... You know, like I say, like, personality is bleeding to how you fight. And, of course, everything has exceptions to the rule. And nothing do I intend or take seriously as a broad statement. But, for example, if you're a bully, per se... You're probably not going to be a counter striker, right? So by that same token, I feel like Timor so fights to his personality to where like, go watch this guy weigh in and watch him do his characteristic flex. He's like a little four-year-old who realizes cameras are on him. He's like, oh, cameras on me? Oh, look at me flex. But he's like a caricature of himself. Kind of like I say with the Diaz brothers back in the day, like they're caricatures of gangsters. Like if you were to try to make fun and over animate to get the point of being a gangster, Across, you would act like a Diaz brother. You'd be like, what, what, yeah, what? And if you were just wanted to be like, you know, you know, Team Spectrum Timor over there, uh, who, he's like, camera goes on him and he's just like a four year old boy. He's like, what? Camera's on? Flexing. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, just looking at him in his way, he's like, okay, this guy fights like, just like this. How would you guess that he fights from his way in? You know, look at him, like, oh, well. This guy seems like he is way too confident for uh, his physical stature, <laughs> for one. <laughs> um, seems over-aggressive, again, on that note, for two. And you would be right. And, and he tuckers himself out and gets himself into trouble doing so. We've seen it before, and he did it there. And uh, not trying to hate on, on Timor. Moreno comes through defeating Kai Carr France by unanimous decision. Um, again, not, gets it done, but gets it done in a way kind of like Usman. Uh you think he's got the grappling advantage, but he just really just decides to stay on the feet the whole time and still gets it done. Not the smartest move, more so in Moreno's case than Usman, but Moreno didn't pay for it. I mean, he still came through, and uh, this was another one where the kind of the commentary was was a bit was a bit slanted toward. I think on this one a bit like there wasn't, you know, again you can get cause, because because. Uh, Technology and information being available doesn't mean communication gets any better, right? That whole adage. And that could be a, that's why I always preach whether you're a better uh, fellow analyst or you're, you're on these broadcasts, be careful when you go off statistics. Like, numbers are not always indicative of the fight. And I think we saw that with a lot of the commentary. And I saw that early on, which probably maybe means it was this Moreno France fight. But that's another reason why. You know, I was just telling people to be so careful about being so definitive how they saw fights because I noticed a lot of those arguments, like I was citing, like the 50-45 Volkanovski or this or that. Um, if you go back to watch those fights, which, again, I admittedly haven't yet, but a lot of those fights in question where people are all over the place, it's because this is no newsflash, folks. You don't need me telling you this. The commentary, for as much as I love and respect all those guys, because I do, don't get it twisted, the commentary has a big impact on how the viewers are, are handling it. And if the commentary gets stuck on one narrative, which tend to happen with, with more people, with certain people more than others, right? 
um, and that narrative gets locked in, we see that kind of push through. So all the more reason of just why numbers statistics are really evil and you should use them sparingly, um, wisely and sparingly and smartly. Okay. Or sparingly and smartly. SS for statistics. Wow. Wow, Dan, why do you have to... Let's not say SS, Dan, especially on a, Col a fight card that Colby Covington's fighting on. <laughs> See, I can't avoid it either, folks. I'll still make jokes, and I'll, I'll, punch, at, uh, I'll punch at Covington and Ray stuff, too. So, See, I'm on your side. It's not that I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, let's, let's not get, you know, fucking blindly angry about it. But Moreno... Speaking of race, he's rep he represented well with Aldana. How about fucking Mexico tonight? Be proud, Mexico. Stand up, Mexico. That's why my Mexican brothers and sisters. Again, unity. You know, you don't gotta be my race or any kind of relation to one of my many races for me to get excited for you. You know, whether you're uh, whether you're Mexico like Aldana or Moreno or uh, Rosenstuck. <laughs> I got love, man. I got love for the brothers and sisters. And uh, definitely got love from Moreno who came through, um, even though he didn't take it to the ground. Again, Kaikara fronts, really flashy and fun to watch. And he did good at avoiding, you know, even though you could tell when, when Moreno was pressuring, he wanted to shoot. That's what he normally does. That's what I was counting on, on why I picked Moreno. But the pressure, even though Moreno wasn't shooting, was enough because we've seen it before. Kaikara fronts can lose pace and, and start to tire. And, man, like, we say it all the time, like, you can't be a fighter and not have cardio. Like, I forget which fight it was recently. Maybe it was out Worley Alves or others that at welterweight. There's been, probably been a couple fights, even in a weight class like welterweight, where if you don't have cardio, I'm immediately going to, I'm probably going to fade you more times than not. It's got to be the perfect matchup. Not the perfect, but it's got to be a very, very friendly matchup to your skill set for me to pick you if you don't have cardio, put it that way. And if you're at a you're a bantamweight or a flyweight where you're supposed to be stereotypically bouncing around for three rounds straight and you show that you're you can't go full three rounds at a certain pace or even at a high pace, nope. Nope. I'm sorry. That's that's a bad flag. And against Moreno, who again, you hit him with a fucking truck, he still keeps coming. He shouldn't have been an underdog here. He really shouldn't. That was a that was a bad line in my opinion. And I probably should have played it more in hindsight. Um I'm glad I didn't play this one more in hindsight, though. Uh, Jessica I defeated Viviani Araujo via unanimous decision. And even though I will admit, I, as you probably read between the lines in the last podcast, I did end up pulling the trigger on a minus 175 Araujo straight up. However, thankfully to a friend who uh, talked me out of... Uh, not that it would have mattered because my parlay is still lost, but... Uh, I dodged the, the, the Vieta bullet from a suggestion, but the same person also saved my ass by suggesting I not put Araujo, which was good. So I only lost uh, a very small straight play um, and was happy to lose to a fighter like Jessica I because not because I'm, you know, uh, the biggest Jessica I mark or anything, but throughout this resurgence, she's been with my dude, Eric Nixon, who deserves a lot of credit. He is just a salt of the earth, great human being. And knows a ting or two about the fight game. He's been around. And uh, the best part is, is, is smart, wise, caring, and a good guy he is to have in your corner. He doesn't have an ego about him. So if you're Kevin Lee and you want to go to other places like TriStar and improve your game, he is all about that. Um, he's one of the unsung heroes along with uh, Dennis Davis over Extreme Couture. So seeing those guys do well is always good. 
Uh, I just felt like it was a bad matchup. And uh, as an analyst, slash with it being a bad matchup, I figure, you know, it's a good time to show that uh, I'm not biased. I can put the Extreme Couture bias aside and pick against. That being said, happy to be wrong. Punaeli Soriano, another happy to be wrong about. I mean, how could I officially pick against a Southpaw Hawaiian defeating Oscar Piazza? Piazza, oh, oh, oh. Via first round knockout. First man to knock out Deadless Shrimp, right? I know. You can count on me for the 90s basketball references, folks. Um, <laughs> by the way, I watched that morning combat show, and I think I really relate to that Brian Campbell cat with all his 90 references and perverted talk. I feel like uh, that guy's a lost brother from another mother. By the way, shouts to him and Luke for that show. Good, good. Good on them uh, doing their thing over there. But, yeah, Piachota looks like fucking Detlef Shrimp um, from the Seattle Sonics. And he got knocked out for the first time in his career. Uh, that, In my defense, though, it was on the avoid list, and it was Dogger Pass. And uh, for what it's worth, I did sprinkle a bit on Sariano at that plus money when he resettled back down to that. I'm glad I did. That was a nice little, little extra. Not too much, just a little extra. Um, faded my own pick there, but... Uh, I'll admit it. Uh, and happy to be wrong, folks. Happy to be wrong. So we went 8-5 and five in picks overall. 1 out of 2 in straight plays. Uh, no props. And the fun prop um, missed. Hopefully you guys uh, did well. Again, uh, hopefully it doesn't get misconstrued. Hopefully I didn't ear beat you too much with that, that top fight. I just really wanted to get the point across that, like, Let's focus on the bigger thing. Let, let let's 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 take the high road whenever you know we can, um, and realize the hypocrisy slash bigger bigger message to it all. And let's including most definitely including myself more than more than all. Let's all just be a little better. So uh, I'm gonna get on with. It. I got a lot of projects this week. I'm doing a fight vault, a point of interest video. Got a UFC breakdown on the main event. I'll have two Bellator breakdowns because there's two. I'm doing five video projects in one day. You know how tough that is? I mean, like, most people, even when they just do podcasts that are audio, they'll write a script um, and have, like, extensive notes where I don't have shit. I just rain man it. I do a lot of prep because I take it seriously, but I, I don't. I was just talking to this Aaron Bronstetter. We don't do a lot of notes. We'll just write chicken scratch at the most. And, like, people will rehearse and do all these things for one video project. And I'm usually, when I'm shooting, I'm shooting multiple at a time. Monday, though, I'm shooting a lot. I'm shooting five at a time. And I'm having to travel the next day to Hawaii. Not complaining at all. It's a fucking great I'm just saying, like, it really, my, my brain is going to be fucking squish squash. So I'm going to, this is going to be my one day to sleep within this week to next week, probably, to sleep really well. So I'm going to do that. But uh, I already got my work outline. I'm going to get on that. So be on the lookout for those video projects. Um, Thursday night, the latest, I'll, I'll have a Bellator slash UFC preview podcast. I'm probably going to go through it pretty quickly. It's not, there's probably going to be no way in hell I'm going to be able to do extensive tape study, even on just limiting to Bellator main cards and a UFC card. Uh, it's going to be a lot already, you know what I'm saying? But don't worry, folks. When have I, when have I at least not give you some unique and, ex and, and more extensive takes than the most? So I will still deliver that. I'm going to aim for Wednesday. Uh, in Hawaii, uh, Thursday night at the latest, we got Bellator, uh, Friday, Saturday night, which I'll be covering. UFC will be going down in Korea, and um, 
And yeah, so it's going to be a crazy time. So next time I talk to you guys, I will be back home in the great state of Hawaii there. And uh, not to brag or anything, I'm just excited to be going back home, folks. Um, so please follow along uh, at Dan, Tom, and May. Uh, follow the podcast at the PYM Podcast. Thank you for you guys for your support. Again, uh, iTunes reviews on it. Click through at MixedMartialAnalyst.com. And even if you feel so inclined, there is a PayPal donation there to help keep the podcast going. Shout out to my sports, MyTopSportsBook.com for... Um, uh, for uh, working with the podcast if you will this this last week that was really that was really great and thank you guys for clicking on that so until next time try to take the high road when possible give love to your brothers and sisters no matter what because we're all human beings and always protect the other